Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You're Locked on Warriors, daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel Lurie, your host. So happy to bring you your team every day. This is a special weekend edition of Locked on Warriors. The Warriors played a Saturday game three against the San Antonio Spurs, came away victorious 120 to 108. And it was a a pretty interesting game for what it was. I mean, once the announcement came down that Kawhi Leonard was not going to play, it certainly felt like it lost a lot of its luster. But part of the intrigue was after the first couple minutes, the Warriors just started playing poorly. And they had already established a lead. JaVale McGee was plus five. They were really dominant offensively when he was on the floor, even though they were giving up some baskets then. And what happened was when they started turning to the bench, two things occurred at the same time. And it was that their offense got a little bit less reliable and then their defense got a lot worse as well. And some of that was in transition. I thought their transition defense early on in this game was pretty terrible. And then they made some mistakes in the half court as well. And that coupled with some foul trouble, which ended up becoming a factor at the beginning of the game and kind of lingering throughout. But after that, they were able to to rebound and still win pretty comfortably. And the biggest factor to me in it was Kevin Durant. Durant's third quarter was absolutely dominant. 19 points, 5 of 6 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, and 7 of 8 from the line. The Spurs just didn't have an answer. And while Kawhi Leonard is definitely their best defender for KD, Jonathan Simmons can do a good job. And I don't think Jonathan Simmons necessarily did a bad job in this game. It's just that Kevin Durant was better. And Durant is going to cause those problems for just about anybody. And as is probably the case for almost everybody watching this game, both from a Warriors perspective and otherwise, you have these moments where you kind of think about, okay, well, how's this going to play in the next series? Because it looks overwhelmingly likely that Cleveland is going to be in the NBA Finals. Not only are they up 2-0 while going home to Cleveland for two games, but Isaiah Thomas Thomas is out for the remainder of the playoffs due to an issue with his hip. So Boston is even weaker than the team that was down 40 in the first half against Cleveland in game in game two. So what I was thinking about with Durant was how hard, how much of a challenge he specifically brings in that series. And the argument was made early on, and I don't think I was necessarily a practitioner in this just because I think he helps everywhere, but the idea that Kevin Durant was really brought in for a series against Cleveland. And the biggest thing that he might bring on the offensive end is that it becomes a lot harder to use LeBron James in the way that Cleveland did last year. So they had him as a a monster help defender, he was able to read and react. Tristan Thompson did such a good job on switches that they could use that more often. And so last year, the Warriors played more guys that LeBron could could handle that way. You know, Harrison Barnes was going to be open for three sometimes. He made those early in the series and then missed a whole lot of them late. And replacing Barnes on the offensive end with Durant, one of the handful of best offensive players in the entire league, is absolutely massive. And the reason it also becomes more important, and this was actually one of my biggest criticisms of Cleveland's offseason slash season, is that while they've added talent, they added Kyle Korver, they signed and then Bogut got hurt, 
And so you had all these things that kind of happened. They did not use any of their resources to try to get, even if it was a big swing, on somebody who has a reasonable shot of defending Durant. So maybe they could have gone after P.J. Tucker, a couple other different guys that would have been options there. And that means they're going to have to figure this out because if they want to use LeBron the way that they did last year, and he's been a wonderful help defender against Boston, then you're putting somebody else on KD. And what we've been seeing in this series is that somebody outside of the elite on Durant is going to be a problem. And that's pretty much what everybody else on Cleveland is. Richard Jefferson, J.R. Smith, maybe even Corver. Like there, there aren't that many other options on Cleveland. Their, their wings are intriguing and they're good offensively, but they're not that kind of guy. So that'll be worth watching. And I thought Durant was good outside of that as well. He had a couple of just nice help plays. And then he was, you know, he, he was the Warriors leading scorer before his big burst in the third quarter. He had 17, I think Curry and Thompson each had 16 or something thereabouts. And the Warriors were able to win a game where they weren't at their best. And that might not be relevant in a potential NBA finals, but it certainly could be. And the Warriors are going to be pushed in that series should they make it more than they have been before. But remember that they still have this much talent and they can really turn it on. And the idea of feedback loops, which went against them, particularly in that first quarter, but that they can do it the other way. So I thought another interesting part of this game was Stephen Curry. He had some really strong moments. I thought he was very active in passing lanes, making reads. He ended up with seven deflections and six steals in 33 minutes. That's really impressive. That's that's something that he needs to do against teams that move the ball in San Antonio, even without Kawhi, is, is certainly a team that does that. And he had some nice plays offensively as well. Uh, he had a, a crazy kind of running floater after beating LaMarcus Aldridge on one play. He had a couple of really nice threes, had a couple of ambitious threes that he often makes and, and missed in this game. But the concerning part was he had some really bad turnovers, including a couple of just truly indefensible ones. And also he got in foul trouble and that will be an important part of the NBA finals because Curry and Thompson are both too good and too important to be in foul trouble. And you could draw Draymond in there too, but the difference between Curry and Thompson and Green, especially Curry, is that their value is so heavily on the offensive end and it's generally, especially for guards, hard to commit that many offensive fouls. You know, Draymond Green can commit fouls during the course of what he does well. Curry and Thompson don't really have to worry about that. And so that should be a concern for the Warriors. It should be a concern for those guys because they should be able to prevent it. And so Curry picked up two fouls in the first quarter and then Mike Brown, and I thought it was a good decision, he pulled him. So he was out for about the the final four minutes of the first quarter. So then he came back in the second and he has two fouls. Curry is not, he does, he's not a big fouler, but he's still does do it from time to time and then he goes through that and then so so he misses that time usually he like he likes finishing quarters and then at about the eight minute mark of the second he commits his third foul and so you're saying they're going okay well what are they going to do with this and curry ended up staying on the floor he ended up playing 10 and a half minutes in the quarter ended up being okay i actually thought he did a better job defending when he knew he couldn't foul he was more aware of what he needed to do out there and san antonio's personnel 
just lined up really well with that approach for him. I mean, there's there's no one that they're going to put him on, especially because Clay's out there, who's really going to make them pay. So at moments he was on Danny Green and kind of let Danny Green get by him a little bit, fed him into help. And while Curry can do more, and you know he did at many more points in this game, including the six steals, he doesn't have to in order to be there. And the bigger point, and I've made this before, though this was a bigger issue last year when I was writing for the athletic, especially in the playoff run, is Curry and Thompson are too important to get into foul trouble. And so if they need to just let a guy go for possession just to do it, the Warriors are good enough that they can deal with that, whether it's help defense or just conceding a basket if necessary. But they don't have adequate replacements for either of those guys yet. And you could say, hey, they don't have an adequate replacement for Durant for Green either. And I would agree with that. So they have to balance all of these approaches and understand that strength versus strength, they're favorites against everybody. And when you start peeling those away, either through injury, through foul trouble, whatever else, it could hurt them. And it's something I want to watch moving forward for this team. Want to take a quick break from this to tell you about SeatGeek? I don't know when the next Warriors home game is going to be. It could very well be June 1st for game one of the NBA Finals, but a great way if you want to see basketball in person or anything else really is to check out SeatGeek. SeatGeek has been and is my personal way of buying and selling tickets. It is a great way because it not only saves you time, but if you do it right, it can also save you money because SeatGeek is an aggregator, so you don't have to go multiple places looking for tickets. You can trust that they put it all in one place. And also they combine that with something called deal score. And so what deal score does is it combines ticket price and ticket quality. So it's trying to say, okay, we can't tell you if you want to sit courtside or if you want to sit in Club 200 at Oracle or wherever for theater or for concerts, everything else, SeatGeek's great for all those. But what we can say is, if this is what you're looking for, these are the best seats that are available for what you're, for what, for what what's there. And that is a really nice advantage. And it's really, you could think of it as a way of saving money, but I think of it more as a way of saving time because you don't have to go through all these listings and maybe you don't know the arena well. And I used to buy and sell tickets for a living. It's how I paid off law school. And I found myself consistently impressed. That's actually why I went to SeatGeek long before they were a sponsor is their deal scores did a crazy good job, even for these venues that I knew really well. And so I just found myself when I was listing tickets or when I was, when I was buying something, if I was going to a concert or whatever, I found myself realizing, wow, they do a really good job. So I started using it myself. And then I was thrilled when they've come on this and other podcasts as an advertiser. If you want to check it out, you can download the free app and then you use the promo code LO Warriors for Locked On Warriors. It's under the settings tab. There's an inner promo code. And what you get there is you get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. So you buy whatever you are going to do. If it's theater tickets, if it's going to one of the Warriors games, lucky you, and you just get $20 back. It's pretty awesome. Tells them you support the show. So again, that's SeatGeek and the LO Warriors promo code. A couple other broad scope things that I wanted to talk about. One is I thought that a couple of the bench players looked good. I thought Patrick McCaw had another nice game. He was active on both ends when he came in, but I'm still a little concerned about David West and Andre Iguodala. Iguodala returned in this game having missed game two due to his tendonitis is kind of the tentative idea. I don't know if that's been formally reported, but I trust Nate Duncan. He's had this issue personally. That's what he thinks it sounds like. He looked a little bit off early, but then he also had an awkward landing during the, I think it was the second quarter, and looked a little bit off after that, kind of a step slow defensively. And the fortunate part for the Warriors is that they have, in all likelihood, a lot of time off. They could play him in game four. They could sit him in game four. They're still favorites. But if that's the end of the series, the finals don't start until June 1st. They have a long time to rest him. And 
We'll have to see if that works or if that doesn't work. And then David West had some nice moments. Again, he's such a wonderful passer and dealing with cutters. And he had a nice and one as well on Pau Gasol. But defensively, he's not really getting to the spots as well. And the Spurs are a challenging team for him, but Cleveland is as well. Cleveland is a tough squad. And we'll have to see if that can work out. If they play Channing Fry, then you wonder if he can kind of stretch out that far. But it also ties in with something that will be a massive swing factor in the NBA Finals, which is how comfortable Mike Brown or Steve Kerr, if he's ready to come back, are going small a lot because that is the Warriors' largest advantage is going to either the Hamptons 5 or some other combination with Draymond, etc. They used some interesting ones in this game, including one that was Curry, Durant, Green, Ian Clark, and I'm trying to remember who the fifth is. I think it was Iguodala, but I'm not completely sure who the fifth guy was. It was oh, Sean Livingston, that's who it was. And that's a real challenge. You know, that that's something that the Warriors are going to have to strike all that, but they're so good with those lineups overall that the answer to the center question can just be playing them less often. And yes, those lineups are more strain on Draymond Green. It also does raise the prospect of foul trouble, which he was also in in this game. He ended he was at three at the same time, around the same time Curry was, and then he ended up with five. Curry didn't foul the rest of the game. So that is something worth noting. But I think the Warriors are going to need that kind of dynamism, that kind of performance from him, and especially if Iguodala can get back closer to normal. That will be important also because McCaw has done a, a, a great job in this series. I think he's been very impressive. But part of the reason that has worked is because San Antonio plays some of these lineups out there where you don't worry about somebody a little bit smaller, like their their mid-sized guys aren't really going to post him up. That's not true against Cleveland. LeBron obviously is a monster that way. Kevin Love is going to approach it that way. Even Tristan Thompson to a degree. And then they have guys like Richard Jefferson who are a little bit bigger too. So they can, they can approach it that way. So they're going to need more from other guys. And we don't know who it's going to be necessarily, but it's going to be important. And also Matt Barnes didn't look good in his limited time. He was only out there for a little less than five minutes, but it was some of the worst basketball the Warriors played all game. So they are going to have to figure all this out. Playing the starters more would open the door for for a little bit more palatable units. And this is another game where the Warriors kind of, you know, they made it through without, it sounds like, any, any serious injuries to their key players. So you're just kind of running out the clock in that way and just reducing the risk by just playing games earlier, by winning again, that reduces the possibility of a long series. And in this one, even though it was single digits at points in the third quarter, and I believe it even got into single digits at some point in the fourth, Durant played 38, Thompson played 36, Curry played 33-30, Draymond played a little under 34. So they're not straining those guys too hard. When I was doing my rotation work earlier in the season, I had used 40 as a ballpark for those guys, and that was based on their average, underlining the word average, in the 2015 playoffs, because last year was just such a funhouse mirror with the Curry injury. So if they can even get to averaging 40 a game, which they could even go higher in the finals, then you think about how a lot of these concerns about different guys in the rotation. Zaza Pachulia didn't play in this game due to his heel contusion. That all kind of fades away a little bit if you can play those guys 40 minutes a game. So we'll see if that's possible. It might not be. They want to. They might want to stay cautious, keep those guys fresh. But the Warriors' depth is a nice thing to have, but when when they get this far in, it becomes ancillary. And you have that depth for the regular season. You have that depth so that you have a couple of different guys, Iguodala being the most obvious, that can come in and be important parts of your finals rotation. And 
outside of that, you really need your stars to come and play. And so it has been encouraging that that at different points in this series, the stars have come. You know, Curry had some really fabulous performances. I think it was game two in particular that he was great. Durant, this game three was the best game of this series for him so far. And Klay Thompson has been wonderful defensively. I think that gets lost in the shuffle with him sometimes just because he's such a talented shooter. They go, oh, well, he's, he's not scoring. But he has basically erased Patty Mills from this series. Mills had another awful offensive game, two of 10 from the field, six assists, one turnover. When he's basically the the sole ball handler that they have in their in their main sets, that's not nearly enough. And Clay Thompson deserves a lot of that credit. Some of Mills, Mills should make a few shots that haven't gone in, and that happens. But Clay's done a fabulous job in this series, and he's probably going to have to do a similar role against the Cavs, you know, take the shots that are there and work incredibly hard on defense. So that's really the way that I think the series is going to go for him. Don't know for sure, but that that's kind of where I see the finals going, assuming it goes to form, which it, it certainly should. So nothing official yet on Kawhi Leonard for game four. My instinct is that he will not play just because the gain for San Antonio is so small. I mean, even if the series goes to a game five, there are going to be heavy underdogs in game five. Presumably if it went all the way to a game seven, they'd be heavy underdogs there too. So what are you getting from it? I mean, yeah, it's nice to maybe get a feel good win, get, get something like that. But the risk in terms of your franchise player and serious MVP candidate, actually an MVP finalist, in the NBA awards, which is something that none of the Warriors got for MVP, though Draymond Green and Iguodala did for Defensive Player of the Year and Sixth Man of the Year, respectively. So we'll keep an eye on that, but my instinct is that he won't play. And that game is, of course, on Monday. So that'll be exciting to see what we see from that. If you want to watch Cleveland absolutely demolish Boston, you can watch that on Sunday. And if you want to hear more about this game, Nate Duncan and I did a special Saturday night slash Sunday morning dunked on and it was not our first point of discussion, but we did talk about it for like, I think about 10, 15 minutes during the, during the show. So you can check that out as well. If you want to support this show, you can leave a rating, leave a review. You can also subscribe, download every episode. That's especially great when we do unusually timed ones like this one. And also you can check out our sponsors. SeatGeek is most notable among them. You can use the LO Warriors promo code for a $20 rebate on your first purchase. And you can also check out my work for The Athletic. I'm writing my game analysis piece will be up before I go to sleep on Saturday night. And then every player will probably be done at some point on Sunday. I don't usually use the sense of urgency necessarily if it's a weekend one because some people, you know, take some time and they absolutely should. So you can check that out as well. I'm going to do analysis on all of the guys who played material minutes in this game. So that's enough for now. I will have a new episode Saturday night slash Monday or sorry, Sunday night slash Monday morning. And then of course one on game four and we'll see how the series goes from there. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.